sitting over there just a few minutes ago and I heard the Lord say to me this way <laughs> that he's getting ready to speed up some stories in the house what does that mean? well some of you need your stories to move quick because you're done, you're tired, you're ready to quit, ready to give up on life, ready to give up on maybe somebody you've been believing God for, maybe your finances are, are like going so far down you can't do anything about it, listen to me. Because He did, I can. Because He did, I can. Come on, say it with me, I'm confident. Because He did, I can. I'm telling you, get ready to speed up your story, make it quicker. I'm going to come up underneath of you this morning with your faith. Put a chair underneath of you so you can sit down on it. Put your faith up on the Word of God. That'll be the chair that you're sitting on. And that Word will not fail you. It will not shake you. It will not be moved out from underneath of you. And I know with everything within me that some of you, not everybody, I get it. Not everybody can. Not everybody, you know, it's hard to get 100% on a moment of time with prayer and fasting together. I get it. But some of you have. Some of you have really stayed the course on that. And I'm going to show you through the Scriptures what happens when you do. But maybe you were in the middle of that somewhere and you, you fell off and you didn't you know, continue on. It was 21 days. Thank God today is the 21st day and we're moving forward. I had my first piece of bread in communion earlier from since January 8th, I think it was. I was more distracted by the bread tasting so good than I, what communion was happening. But maybe you made it one day. And that one day was all you could do. And, and you got to that place where, you know, just life took over. And you just kind of went back into the groove of what you were doing. But let me just tell you this. The Lord spoke it to me this way before I left the house. And, and that was just to let you know, you did still have victory. You overcome the flesh. It might have been for a moment. It might have been for two seconds. But you overcome the flesh. And... And let me tell you something, man, the flesh is challenging. <laughs> it's the greatest challenge we have. And the greatest challenge that you have is not just the flesh itself, but the mind. Life can come against the mind. That's where you think. That's where your emotions are. That's where your will is. And there's a lot of life that you're living out there and a lot of life that comes at us. I get it. But you know what? Because He did, I can overcome in that life. But there's a beautiful thing that I'm going to invite you to embrace with us here at, this morning at Coastal Family Church, something we've been doing for quite some time. I'm willing to admit to you that, that I can't do this alone. You know, pastoring 500 people or more is, you know, can get overwhelming at times because you want victory for everybody. You, you, you just you hear the stories and challenges of life and, and you just wish you could just... Sometimes you know the answer, but people aren't embracing that answer quick enough, and you just can see the direction they're going, and you're like, man, stop for a minute. And it just can get overwhelming at times because your compassion for people and to see people live life of victory is so big and so strong, but I'm willing to admit to you that I can't do that alone anymore. And so the way this thing works is called through the grace of God. There's an empowerment that comes to the believer as a, someone that has a life living for God. There's a grace that's available of power and ability is what the Bible defines that as. 
And the way this grace works is you don't have to work for it. You just accept it and learn how to walk in it. But most of the time we still try to walk in it out of works and try to make God do and try to make the stuff move away. That's not going to be the grace of God. That's going to be your own self trying to do that. But I found out that even depending on that grace by myself needs a little bit more extra power behind it in a sense. Not taken away from the power of God. He's, he's the unlimited. This grace is totally unlimited. There's never a limit to it. There's never a supply that's not available. But the way that supply can get turned up into your life is when you bring another brother to the right or to the left of you and you guys hook up life together because we're better together. And so we've been doing this for a long time. And listen, oh, wait a minute. This might be your first time here. I, I, I get it. You know, you know we're, we're shouting and excited and, and, and because we are. What makes us so excited is something happened in our life. Now I know God. I found out who He is. And now that I found out who He is, I've, there's a freedom that's begun to happen in my life that, can, that nothing else worked. And it's a freedom to be me. It's a freedom to be who I am. It's a freedom to be okay to know that, that I'll make a mistake today. I might make a mistake tomorrow. But to know that the mercy of God in this grace is always available. And there's enough power. You can't do enough bad to nullify the power of this grace. You can't make enough wrong choices and decisions to stop that grace from flowing. To not accept you. There's not enough that you could ever do to say, hey, he'll give up on you. It's just not in his nature. The scripture says, I'll never leave you, nor forsake you, nor abandon you is what the forsake means. I will never abandon you. People will. People don't have enough grace to give you. They're limited in what they have. But when we tap into this grace together, there's an unlimited supply. That, uh, that, that we, we kind of have this phrase around here, we're better together. And so if it's your first time here, again, we're grateful that you're here. Coastal, give them a warm welcome. Thank them for being here. And the reason I say that is because I'm going to invite you to be a part of something with me here for just a couple minutes. And, and uh, I've been set free on this thing here. Uh, I was watching a minister this week, and I, I counted at least six, if not seven times, he asked people to touch you. He asked, you know, five, high, high five or something like that. I'll never do that to you. But, he's, but I'm like, man, we got to get over this thing. we got to be able to be willing to be comfortable with each other and, and to know that we still all have something going on out there. But while we're in here, we can empower our faith together by empowering the anointing that's on your life. The anointing is just the power of God that you have to walk in your story and I if I can be honest with you I need your story to complete my story mm. you see my story was to come back home and to pioneer a church and didn't know how to never pioneer a church I pastored but I, for years but I never started the, something like this but I need your story to keep my story rolling. And I just hope that I'm part of your story to keep doing the same thing. But where your story gets more powerful is when you embrace the person to the right. Hey, l l lean over to somebody and say, you need me. <laughs> Look at somebody else and say, you need me a lot. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you to embrace each other Arm to arm like this. You're going to need it. You're going to need to be leaning on each other here and all the way across as much as you can. 
I'm going to do it with you. We've got a full year coming up here. We've got a lot of bunch of stories to write. And we just heard from the Spirit of God. He's get, Sarah, he's getting ready to speed it up. He's getting ready to make it go a little faster for you. And I'm going to define what that looks like here in a minute. But here, I, 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 I need to help here. Now listen, here's what I'm asking. Together we're better. I want you to lean back and put a foot up in the air. Make a mark with me. And say this with me. Because He did, I can. I'm confident in the grace of God. Step forward into that grace. For the year 2018. Come on. Yeah, let's sing it one more time. Come on, sing it together. You saw the house. And the people in it this morning. We're resting back into your grace. <laughs> and we ask for full supply and the speed up of the stories to watch you do what you do. And that's to perform miracles in the lives of those here at Coastal Family Church, but begin to do the miracles out there on the outer banks. As we set ourselves to hear the word, to get the promises up underneath of our faith. Open up our hearts to the Word and Holy Spirit. We thank you to be our teacher. Show us things to come. Yes, 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 Jesus. We ask all of this in your name. And thank you. Because you did. We can. (laughs) Amen, amen, amen. Glory be to God. I love you. Go find about one or two people here for just a couple seconds and tell them you're glad to see them this morning. Oh, my, 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 my. Man. I see you move. (laughs) Move the mountain. Come on. (laughs) Oh. Oh, my, 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 my. Wow, time sped up in this service. Oh, glory to God. Thank you for being so amazing during our worship time. And like I said, I want to just come up underneath of you with a word of Scripture just to kind of put some faith to what you're believing, what you're standing for. And I am going to speak directly to the people that at this point that maybe you were fasting and at some point in the past 21 days and, and uh, you're expecting God to do some great things. And maybe He did. We got a wonderful testimony that I heard yesterday from a gentleman that was out of town. He was actually in Florida. And I know his family, what that they were fasting. And fasting was a lot of different ways for people, you know. There were some that fasted food, and, and uh, maybe that's why I'm so hyped up. I had my first cup of coffee today since in the beginning of January. Caffeine's rolling a little bit, but uh, man, that Verona was so good. <laughs> but uh, anyway, this individual was uh, out in Florida, and he got word. He was actually supposed to be coming home, but he got word that his mom <clears throat> had kidney failure, and she was in Houston. And so he jumped the plane and flew out to there, and we were texting back and forth, and it was touch and go at first, and and uh, they, you know, some you know kind of some doom and gloom report there, and mom was into a place of hallucinating and just seeing a lot of dark stuff go on, and they found out that that was actually from they knew well he found out from the doctors that that could be caused by the dialysis, not dialysis, but the kidney failure, and it had got into her bloodstream some of the infection and. 
And so it was, you can imagine, flying out to maybe hoping you might not get there in time. But it got there in the right nick of time. And, and of course, we were back and forth praying. And yesterday morning, I texted him out, hey, how's it going, man? And, and he texts back real quick, and he says, going good. Uh, they got this in time. The dialysis is going to clean the blood system out, and she should be coming up out of some of that. And, and uh, I text back real quick, and I said, man, that is awesome. What a great report. We got you back here. We're praying for you. And it wasn't five minutes later, another text come back. And he said, but that's not the biggest story. He said, the biggest testimony, he says, here, I wasn't sure if my mom and dad knew God or not. He didn't say, he didn't make it, you know, uh, technical and say, no, he said, I just didn't know if they knew God. And so he got there and he began to talk to them about God and his mom and dad gave their heart to the Lord yesterday morning. Yeah, come on. And he says what began to happen is he said, you know, she was seeing things in, in darkness and she was afraid and so just not because of the infection. And, and uh, he said that we talked about God all day. He'd never done that before with them. And as he began to talk to her, and he says, what would happen is she'd start to have these moments of, of, of dark moments. And he said, I would go sit up next to her, my dad. And he said, he'd never done this before. Right next to his mom, and he'd begin to talk about um, God and talk about what is happening. And, and he says, the peace would come over her, and all of that darkness would disappear just like that. I see you do it again. I'm just telling you guys. Things are going to speed up for people. And the scripture says here, listen to this real quick. Maybe you are in that place of fasting. He says, but when you fast, Matthew chapter 6, your father, come on, say my father, who knows what you do in private, who sees everything. Man, if we really knew what that meant, maybe we were cautious of what we do out there. But he says he sees everything, but he doesn't hold it against you. Listen, he says he sees everything will reward you. Jeremiah 29, 11, maybe you know the scripture says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Come on, say confidence with me. At the end of this year, there's an expectation in God's heart for you to be able to tell your story with faith moving forward in it. And he's not holding back. And listen to the scripture. He says, I'm going to reward you. Now listen to this. <clears throat> the word reward, here's what the word means. He says, I'm going to deliver you, I'm going to restore you, I'm going to repay to you, I'm going to render what is due for you, I'm going to perform for you, I'm going to minister to you. Come on, look at somebody and say, you need some ministry right now, brother. Come on, or sister, you need some ministry. You need to put a smile on your face, you look pretty sad in here. He, he does, listen, there's a joy that can come from the Spirit of God into your life that can't come from anything else. No, no crutch, no addiction, no hang-up. Nothing can make this joy come into your life. Listen to what he says here. I'm going to minister to you, and I'm going to give power back to you. First hmm. Peter chapter 5, verse 6. Humble. Fasting maybe for some. Yourselves, therefore, under the mighty, strong hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time. Look at the word exalt. Simply means this, I will be placing you above circumstances, superior to those things holding you back. Everybody say confidence. confidence. Come on now. And then he goes, I think the best phrase that I want you to hear is this phrase, due time. Here's what the phrase due time means. The proper time in a short while. <laughs> Come on now, say it with me. As of right now, my story is getting ready to be sped up. Now listen, you might ask yourself, and I'm going to move real quickly here because... 
I want to be a steward of your time. I want you to be able to get out there this morning and maybe celebrate with each other and get your boatload of sugar out there. We got a bunch of it for you. We got some ice cream coming. I will tell you, if you've been fasting, don't overdo it. You're going to feel like you know what by the end of the day if you do. But you say, you know what, I want to transition from getting up underneath of you. Maybe that's who you are. You were fasting and you, and you just needed to hear it again that, you know what, hey, God's not forgot what you've done. Now, what you've done doesn't move God. Listen to me. Fasting is not moving God. Fasting enables you to kind of get out of the way so you can hear from God. And most of the time when you hear from God, He reminds you of what He's already done for your life. It's easy to forget that sometimes. I don't know about your life. My life's pretty big sometimes. And sometimes the heaviness of it. And some, actually, I have a pretty good time most of my life. I don't have a lot of down moments. But when I do, they're, boom, they're big and down. And it's been awesome to kind of walk through some of those opportunities to have those big down moments because it's really cool how God shows up at that mo- moment. And He's so much bigger that the big... What's big to me? What might be big to you? Every single time I find out was just this to him. And he said, you might ask yourself this morning, say, okay, pastor, I get it. I got all of that stuff. That's all the hype and all the exhortation. But how how do I do this thing? Our purpose this year is to make a difference. Make a difference in someone else's life. And first of all, you say, look, I don't know if I can even focus on somebody yet. That's okay. Come to church. (laughs) Get in a small group. Get around people that can direct you to God so you can know God. Get around people that can, as you get to know Him, freedom starts those things. You know, you got to let go of your past so, you, so your past can let go of you. But sometimes you need people to help you do that. But you can't stay there, all right? We, we, we can't stay there. For life to be fulfilled and, 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 and or some happiness and joy is there a little bit more constantly than what is, you We've got to transition to another level in this walk of God. We called it effort. We called it direction. We said that there's information that will help me make some progress. And, and, and listen, how will I make this difference? How will I get beyond just me? And I found the scripture first. I want to tell you something that because he did, you can. Look at somebody and say, because he did. I know you can. Look at what he says here in John chapter 19. Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. And to fulfill scripture, he said, I'm thirsty. He's on the cross. A jar of sour wine was sitting there, so they soaked the sponge in it, put it on a hyssop branch, and held it to his lips. And when Jesus had tasted it, he said, it is finished. He bowed his head, and he released his spirit. Say, because he did, I can. Now, our mission for 2018 is read this way. Stand up with me as we read it together. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13. Excuse me. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 22. Ready? Read it with me. I do not distance myself from anyone. My mission is to be exactly what is required of me in every possible situation. To bring salvation to every kind of pastor, whoever they are. Did I say pastor? Every kind of person. Hey, listen, them pastors need saved too, trust me. (laughs) My mission. Jesus completed his mission. 
and transferred the mission into your life. Scripture says that the last moment he had with his disciples, after the cross, after hell, back again, before he seated with the Father, he completed the final step. And he says, I'm giving you all power now to go into all the world. Your world. What's your world? We'll talk about it. But into your sphere, your place. And I'll empower you with a grace to be able to have the word that you need to have. To be able to have the smile that you might need to have. Sit down one more time. You say, how, Pastor? Let me tell you how, real quickly. This is a stand-up, sit-down service. Some of you have been sitting down too long anyway. You need to get up. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, 13 through 14, two translations. I want you to hear it. Here's how we make a difference this year. Number one, be on guard, be on watch, stand firm in your faith. Say, I'm confident. Be courageous, be strong, and do everything with love. The message translation keep your eyes open, hold tight to your convictions. Give it all you've got and be resolute. Love without stopping. The scripture says that love is how your faith works. So if I'm going to move forward in 2018, i got to check up on my love walk and see what it looks like. But did you see what he said before you ever step up and look at your love walk? He says, be a watchful eye. What does that mean? Listen, when you're out there in the job place, the workplace, around your family, your friends, and around your coworkers, and around all of your cliques and all the things that you do out there in life, he says, be watchful. Be watchful to the environment that you're around because there'll be opportunities that you will have to make a difference. But you won't be making a difference if the standards don't change and maybe as, in a sense of there's an opportunity for us to raise some standard in our personal life. And the scripture is very clear that there's a responsibility for us to take. Jesus gave you the mission of responsibility and empowered you to be able to do it. But let me start right here. He says, do this thing with love. We have three famous sayings around here when it comes to love. We say love always chooses to take an action that promotes the welfare of another. Love always does what's best for the recipient at the moment. Everybody say, oh Lord. Because this is a tough one. Love never changes its behavior based on how it's been treated. The world of offense will kill you. <laughs> the world of bad feelings towards someone will stop the work of God in your life. Not because he stops working, but because you become more aware of the world and what's happening in the world. And it produces doubt and unbelief and forces you to a place of isolation. And it's interesting, I'm not necessarily in this service talking about isolation to you as an individual, but it will isolate you into a round of people that are just like you. And then when you get into that place of isolation of people just like you, that's where criticism starts. It's where you get critical. Because you ever met they? Well, you know what they said? Sometimes we yield to they more than we yield to God and the promises of God because we believe they over God. And listen, sometimes when you get into that, maybe some of your uh, settings out there, guys do this a lot. We get into our environment with our guys. You know how guys are. We're guy guys. And, and uh, you know, uh, they have the conversation and a lot of explic explicatives kind of go out in guy conversation. You know, come on, you know what I'm talking about. And if we yield over to the same kind of explicatives at the same time, you're not making any difference. You'll be coming to a place where they know no difference. 
I'm not making it about the explicatives. I'm just saying, what standard do we have when we're out there? Am I more conscious? Am I, do I have a watchful eye about the people that are around me that, hey, this might be the last day they're on the face of the earth, and if I made no change or standard recommendation of my own in a sense of how I'm living, maybe that responsibility was mine. Now, I'm not putting responsibility on that. God's the one that touches a heart and changes a heart. But, man, can we step up to this plate where the Scripture says, how do I do this? How do I know that I'm kind of walking? The... And, you know, women do the same thing. Women kind of get out there and get around their friends and kind of dog their husbands and run them under the ground. He's a deadbeat. He's a nobody. Your husband's better than mine, and before long, this the gossip column about your husband, and man, you're the worst guy in the world. Men do the same thing. All I'm saying is, guys, what standard are we looking at in our life? Just this, Here's the thing you need to understand. It's not about being so holy that nobody wants to be around you. Just be you. But the Bible is very clear that you are a peculiar person. You are a different person. But there has to be an effort to be that different person and maybe question some of her actions that are out there because he said, it's my mission. <laughs> and because he did, because I can, I know I can do it. The scripture says that I can cause change. Let me just give you three quick areas that you can make change and I'm going to let you get out of here. I said this to you three, just last week. There's three areas that you can cause change in the life of an individual. Number one, your sphere of influence, where you live, your community, your home. Oh, my gosh, start in home first, guys. I said something Saturday night. I'm not going to tell you what it was because it was so bad. It was so stupid. It was, oh, it was just bad. I, I, let, the, I let the frustration of my family get on me, and I was studying, man. I was in the Word. Don't mess up my Word time, and... It's amazing, I'm all holy in the Word, and the worst thing I've ever said came out of my mouth. And it took me 24 hours to get to the place I was willing to repent, because I was really set on what I said. The sphere that you live in is your home life. That's where it starts, but how do I take it outside into the next place that I can be a witness, and the next place I can make a difference is your generation. I met a little baby here a few minutes ago, about 30 minutes ago, six weeks old. Zero to 95 is about the oldest person that we have in our church. That's that place. That's the generation. You could have been in the generation before or the generation to come, but God said no. He started working you in existence before you came into existence so that you would be here right now at this moment. That this, It's not about Generation X or Baby Boomers. I don't remember all the different ones. It has nothing to do with that. That's man's way of trying to decide how to figure out man. You can figure out by man by saying, my God created me made me a place to have a purpose, gave me existence in the earth that I'm in right now. This is the generation that I want to make a difference in. I'm just going to learn how to embrace it. And in the third place, he says, look, what difference can I make? He says, I want you to make a difference for God. What does that mean? I'm going to blaze a trail with the anointing and the power of God so that the fire of God, the gifts of the Spirit, become full manifesting in my life to where I begin to part the waters for people so that they can walk on dry land. It's interesting, before that happened, what did it say? That his arms had to be up, but there had to be help people that came alongside to help hold the arms up. And I don't know about you, but I just found out that with people on my side, things work out a lot better for me. And so I'm going to ask you to stand up this morning. We're going to receive communion together. I'm going to challenge you to take this mark with me because he did. I know I can. I've got confidence in some things that make it powerful.
As the ushers come to you, they're going to serve you communion. And here's the challenge that I'm sending out across Coastal Family Church. First of all, the Outer Banks is a great place to be living. There's a bunch of great people out there. I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. And people pay thousands of dollars to come here and to be a part of what you live in every single day. But those people come with a smile. They're here for a week and they're gone. But there's people that... Thank you guys. There's people that are here that are waiting for you to make a difference in their life. Listen guys, I know God. Because He did, I can. You see, I know God and I've got freedom in my life. And because I know God, now I also know the purpose I have in my life. But there's people out there that they don't. There's people that don't know a purpose. He made a difference in your life to make a difference in somebody else's life. He'll do it again. But not if we don't take responsibility. Sometimes we pray to God. God, we do something. Man, change, the, change that man at work. Oh my God, change my boss. Maybe be a better employee and he'll change. Hmm? Father, you just need... You, man, you got to work on my wife. Man, she's just a nag. Maybe serve her like the Christ does the church. Love her like Christ does the church. And maybe she will change. She's probably nagging you for the attention that you're not giving her. I'm just saying. You see, we're wanting God to do all the change in somebody and... Yeah, he can do it. But my gosh, he's saying, look, will you just do something? Set yourself up underneath of the word. Now listen, we're going to empower you for a whole year. We're not going to throw you out there to the dog and say, just do it. We're bringing in more guest ministers this year than we ever have. Kenny Midget will be coming here. Many of you know Kenny. He'll be coming up here real first soon. Then we have Terry Savelle Foy, Jerry Savelle, who came here recently or last couple years ago. She'll be coming in. Then we have uh, Pastor Reggie Scarborough will be coming in in uh, April. Then we have uh, 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 what's that? Daniel Eric Groves will be coming in, a worship leader filled with the Holy Ghost and powers people through the ministry of worship. Then we have Pastor Joel Sims coming in in November. I think we've got one more that might be slipping in there somewhere to minister to our children. We haven't settled on that one as of yet. But we're next month, actually next week, we start our family series, This Is Us. Anybody ever been watching that show, This Is Us? Woo! Don't, hey, Monday night, guess what? We find out who killed him or how he died. Don't tell me, don't tell me. Listen, don't tell me. Don't tell me because I've only watched the first season, so... We're not going to throw you out there to just do this. We want to show you how, because he did, I can accept the mission, empowered me to be a blessing.